on today's episode of Quick Hits, we have got our first guest of the show, none other than my best friend, Theodore Chapin Pristash, all the way from his Kia Forte in Rochester, New York. Really appreciated having Teddy on the show. Great conversation. We'll, we start off with some Syracuse football, go into a lot of Jets talk. Uh, I'd say most of it's around the Jets, and we finish things off with a little more league-wide stuff as well, too. Um you know what, best friend, I, that reminds me. I wish I had asked him this during the during the show. Teddy just randomly randomly texted me yesterday. You want to know how good of a friend I am? Text me. He goes, hey, Venmo me $1. Didn't even respond. Just open up Venmo. Paid that man a dollar. Good friend. Good friend, Blake Pace. But, uh, so yeah, me and Teddy talking some, some, some Jets, some Syracuse football early on, finishing off with some league-wide stuff, and, and we'll make sure we have Teddy back on again after. So really appreciate him doing that as well, too. Uh, this episode is coming out on, on Friday, November 1st. Happy November. If you are like me and you're doing no, uh, you're doing Movember, uh, make sure to wear your mustaches loud and proud. Everybody I know hates mine, so I'm excited for another month of people being disgusted by my face. But with all that said, let's jump right into the show. This is Quick Hits on November 1st with my good friend, Teddy Pristache. All right. First guess of Quick Hits. Some of you may know him as my sad, depressed Jets fan friend. I call him an okay guy. Uh, Teddy Chapin Pristash. Um, Ted, how's it going? You know, it's good, man. I, uh, I don't like the Jets slander, but oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have a lot of Jets stuff to talk about. For those of you that don't know Teddy, Teddy is... Uh, my best friend, not yours, Jason Maselli. He is my best friend. Uh, Teddy and I grew up, what, like a two-minute drive from each other growing up? Yeah, if that. Yeah, if that. exactly. Kind Get of forced right. forced friendship, too, when we decided, uh, we found out we lived close to each other. We were emailing back then because I I don't think either of us had cell phones at that point, but, um, but we were uh, emailing each other. We were like, oh, dude, let's hang out. We live close. And then, sure enough, best friends did just about everything yeah i think we did everything similar through you know fifth grade on and then uh inseparable exactly i know and so i'm glad that we've got you as as the first guest for the show um you did fuck up my my i was looking for a name uh to call this and i was gonna go with like a theo thursday but then of course you had to take your very nice girlfriend uh hannah hepler to uh the mall because you're a good boyfriend and yes, so so yes. you, so you fucked up my uh my name but i think i'm just gonna call this first one kind of a therapy session uh with teddy pristash uh we're gonna take a look at uh some syracuse football talk about the new york jets i'm sure we'll have a lot of fun there as well too and then any other things that pop up in the meantime but ted let's let's touch on syracuse first all right. All right. Let let's start with the sad, but not as not as sad. I guess I don't know. I I we both have never really had high expectations for Syracuse football, and um and the way for things sure. you know after Babers kind of started building things up, I was like, oh okay, this guy might be the might be the real answer. And I still am a big fan. But you start off this season, they're now three and five. They have yet to win in the ACC. Um, you just take a look at, at where their team is, you know, uh, in terms of compared to last year, you know, um, it, everything just seems to be down in terms of offensive production, defensive production. Um, then you take a look at Tommy DeVito and his numbers between the last two years. I mean, the completion percentage is better, but also, you know, you take a look at DeVito. He only got limited snaps. You know, he wasn't playing a ton. He would come in relief when Tunji would get hurt. Um, and so the rating is up, um, you know, the touchdown numbers are up, but that's just because he's got more opportunities, but he still doesn't look that great. Um, Ted, I was one of those guys last year that I was, I was a big DeVito guy. Whenever we watched him come in, I I got excited to see him Mm -hmm. be the starting quarterback next year. Was I wrong? Like, were you always on the Dungy is way better train or am I just, is it Dungy just really, or is, um, DeVito just really, really not, uh, a great quarterback? You know, I definitely um, always heard that DeVito was the guy. DeVito was the answer. Everyone's always talking about Dungy. Because, you know, Dungy, he's a spark plug, but he can make mistakes. But I just, I think, 
I think DeVito will get there. I really do. I think yeah. he's good enough to be the quarterback for the next two years. But, I mean, when you lose three starting, three seniors on your offensive line, and DeVito just doesn't have the legs that Dungey has. And, and no. I definitely was a Dungey guy through and through. And I think I, I absolutely loved him. And I thought him and Dino together was just the best thing Syracuse has had in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and I actually kind of have a theory because last year DeVito's always coming in. Right. And everyone loves him and they're winning games. And I don't know if, if you see if you saw in the in the pit game, but Clayton Wells comes in, they're back <laughs> up. And, and it was an instant spark of that offense. And and so my theory, I think Dino Dino just might be a two quarterback guy. He might need two quarterbacks. I think we gotta we gotta start start the theory and get it going. Right, yeah, you gotta switch things up and put him out there. Um <laughs> and so I mean, look, uh this year definitely isn't the year, and, and it's it's so upsetting because we, we dealt with mediocre at best Syracuse teams while we were while we were growing up, and yes. um, and it really seemed after last year, you know, the high expectations. They win the bowl game against Virgi- West Virginia. They enter the season as ranked, you know. Then they uh, you know they don't have a great game against Liberty. Then they get destroyed by Maryland. And since then, it's just been it's just been hit or miss. They beat up on on the um, on the bad teams that they should beat, and the ones that they are, you know should be at least a close game with. It doesn't look like they want to show up at all. Um, you know, I, I one of the things that I think about, and this is probably the last thing we talk about with Syracuse, because I do want to talk. I want to save a lot of time for some Jets conversation. Oh boy! Um, but you know, I was worried about Babers being that guy that you know builds up. A program like Syracuse for a couple of years gets that success, gets that um, get gets gets awards, gets recognition. Okay, he's turned around Syracuse super quick. Uh, yeah, gets a bowl win, and then I was I was like, okay, he's gonna you know jump ship and, and into a bigger offer. I was a little worried about that as a guy that you know um, could see a bigger opportunity, you know, as an SEC opening or whatever it may be. But now with the year going, you know how south it's gone. I'm not sure what the the direction is if they think that this is just one of those weird random years and it's going to pick back up after that. But, you know, I'm also like not sure if I'm totally worried that he might be like, okay, it was only one bad season. I had been slowly building. Now let me try and get that bigger opportunity if it's around. Do you think anyone would have interest in him after this year? Or, you know, should we feel pretty comfortable about a Baber staying along with Q's? You know, I I would... I would love nothing more than for him to stay. I, I really, I don't think this year shows he's a bad coach. I still believe in him. I think that he just has worth players. So I really, I think a team should still be interested. Yeah. Um, what I what I will say, uh, before the season, Dino said, when, and I was as hyped as anyone. They were ranked. <laughs> I was as hyped as anyone. But, but he said before the season, he said, everyone has a lot of expectations for this team because of last year's team and this year's team is a different team and, oh. and I saw that and it, and it kind of sparked a red flag I was like I was like is Dino maybe not as high on Cuse as, as everyone Weird. else is and I mean and I mean it's a classic thing to just to just you you take a team one year and especially in the college game things change quick you have seniors Syracuse's defense I have a friend Scott Graham who two two years ago or three years ago now he told me he said he said in two years in 2018 they are going to have a top defense because they are all going to be juniors and seniors right and they are going to ball and 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 you lose guys in the college game it's 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 hard to stay consistent you know Mm -hmm. yeah no i completely agree um look it's not it's not completely devastating. I had never really lived up to, to too much expect uh, too much too high of expectations for Syracuse athlete, you know football and um, and you know it's a, it was a great gift what we had last year and I think that it's still potentially out there for them. But this season, I mean, God, you know, starting zero and four in conference play, um, you know, the the loss to Maryland early on, not really, you know, you you were hoping that maybe they would be able to get college game day for the first time up there with the uh, with the Clemson game weren't able to swing that either and so kind of just a letdown of a season uh how many years what is DeVito right now is he a true junior what is he I'm trying um, to think what he is I've, I believe 
believe he's oh, never a mind. redshirt sophomore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a sophomore. Yeah. So he's got plenty of time to fix things around. Yeah, and and you were talking about that Clemson game. I just wanna just wanna say, watching that Clemson game, it, it's it's almost it's one thing to watch a team that's just not good enough. Right. But when like Cuse was in that game, and then Devito's just making mistake after mistake, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you just gotta hope that's something he can limit. Because he's got that big arm, you know, but he just he can't. He's just gotta learn to throw the ball away, you know. And so, so I really think I, I, I still I still have faith in Cuse. I still think that they they have built something good. And Dino, I, I don't think Dino's gonna leave. Right. I mean, I, I could obviously be very wrong, but I don't think so. But they really, I, I have high hopes for them still, and I think is hopefully Devito can develop, and and. We'll get something going. Right, yeah. I think the best case scenario that comes, if you want to take a positive away from it, is they're they're going to enter the 2020 season with some low expectations and not just, and not from themselves. I'm, I'm sure they'll expect more out of themselves than what they got this year. But in terms of their opponents, um, they're really not going to expect a ton out of Syracuse the way that they have, you know, stumbled in conference play. So maybe a chance early on to, to steal some wins against some of their tougher opponents that didn't see it coming. And, uh, and then maybe 2020 will be a year that we get back up there and feeling good about Syracuse football. Yeah, yeah. And uh and so let's let's talk about your New York Jets, Ted. <laughs> okay, let's do it. You know, we we've gone back and forth, I think for at least the last 4 years, um more specifically the last 2 since uh since your good old boy Sam Darnold um has been taking Oh, wish Sam Darnold a happy Halloween, uh Teddy. He's he's seeing ghosts probably tonight. Here we go with the ghosts. Yeah, I had to I had to bring it up at least once now. Um but all right, let, let's talk about the New York Jets. Teddy, you are a diehard Jets fan. I remember back when uh, we were in junior high and high school and the Jets were doing their spring trainings in good old Cortland, New York. And uh, oh, yeah. in the summers, you wouldn't miss a single practice. You literally wouldn't. You wouldn't miss a single one. You would be there every single day. Uh, every day, two <laughs> days before the... Uh... Before they implemented the, the collective bargaining agreement. Right. So I would only have to go once a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, dude. You spent so much time watching the Jets practice in spring in uh, mm-hmm. in training camp. I, I was calling it spring training. Training camp. But um, but now the Jets... Wh- where do I even start? Okay, so, so let's go with what happened more recently. Uh, and that's the trade deadline <laughs> stuff uh, that, that happened now. Jamal Adams came out, was pretty unhappy that he was being quote-unquote shopped, even though then it came out that Douglas wasn't shopping him. He was just getting offers. Um, He had reportedly made Le'Veon Bell available to see what was out there. Um, Another guy, you know, Robbie Anderson is a guy that, you know, I think was was pretty clear that, you know, they were definitely trying to look uh, to move him on. And um, to me, I I just don't think that that's the right way to to build up – and to restart a regime, I'm kind of stuck between. I'm not sure if the Jets are trying to rebuild or if they're trying to to win games now in 2019 because they're sending these back and forth messages, and um, and you know it just seemed like a mess. You've got the Colecchio Semeli situation, which is just you know that just rubs me the wrong way. And of course now he's cut, so that won't be a Jets problem for them anymore. But um, you know, where did you stand when all that was going through on the trade deadlines with the rumors with Adams, Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. Where, what were you kind of thinking throughout that entire day? You, you had to be, you know, scrolling up on, on your Twitter feed every so often to see if there was any news, oh, right? Yes, yes, for sure. Going up to four, I was definitely anxious, yeah. you know. And, and what I'll say is, first of all, the Jets have consistently proved that they're one of the most, if not the most, mismanaged franchise yeah. in the NFL they really but but I'm always there for them and <laughs> and um what, what I'll preface this with also is that I definitely Jamal Adams Robbie Anderson Le'Veon Bell didn't want to see any of the, those guys go right I mean it, it, it speaks for itself with Jamal and Le'Veon they're just great players the Jets need as many good players as they can get um they're not they're just great players. And now Robbie Anderson, I, I do understand. The Jets were one and six. They've shown they have no offensive line. Yep. Adam Gase is a train wreck. And and, and it, the, the hopes for this season, which I was 100% on, were just misguided. Um, but with Robbie Anderson, I, I mean, if you have a player that can get you value 
then I kind of I, if they were able to get a second round pick, I mean, I, I would have hated to see him go. I love Robbie Anderson, especially now after all the love he's shown to the Jets. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's just you you have to make those moves. And to be honest with you, when I look at the Jets, the one thing that gives me any hope is Joe Douglas. And yeah. and I know that maybe he doesn't have the GM experience, but at, on the Eagles, he was the president of personnel or vice president of personnel mm-hmm. and and I, I i want to believe in him and i uh, you look at the jets roster and they just truly have too many holes to compete they just they don't have enough good players and enough good depth to compete and and when you're in that situation you do have to make moves um now i also think with i, I obviously have no clue but but Le'Veon and jamal i think these things pop up on twitter and then they go rampant because we live in this world of social mm-hmm. media and um the craze I, I truly do believe that the jets weren't shopping them but when a team finds out yeah. that oh maybe they're listening to calls on the deadline day oh maybe i can call them and force them into something they don't want to do you know mm-hmm. yeah um go ahead look i, I like I, I agree with you. So to me, the Robbie Anderson one, um, I personally believe that you know, just with with where they're at, they do need help at receiver. Don't get me wrong. I mean, um, but I, it does seem like he's the guy. If I was to take a look at this off season and to look at the three guys that I would say, okay, maybe are most likely to of that three to be let go, I would probably go with Robbie just because of his, um, you know. Uh, I guess I just think that, you know, the ties between Jamal are too strong in the fan base. Le'Veon really the saving grace of this offense this year. Um, but the the thing with Joe Douglas, and I give him a lot of props because, like I said, I was a fan of, of his hiring. I was a fan of, you know, uh, of course, how Howie Roseman had built the Eagles um, over the last few years. And he came from that tree as well, too. And you think he would carry that success over. The thing with 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 the Jets is, unfortunately... The way this all worked out is Howie Roseman took over a team that a previous GM had spent an entire offseason building, and then it's just not the people that Howie Rose that uh, sorry Joe Douglas really wants. I mean, you think about you know he came out and there was reports that both uh, I'm not sure if it was both Gase and and Douglas, but but they weren't fans of of giving Le'Veon Bell that much money. Um, yes, they, that, that is correct. Both of them. Both of them voice that. Right. So you have him, you know, Le'Veon, it's still a great player, um, but at his age and at the contract, you're not a fan of. Um, We'll talk about him more in depth later on, but I I can't say that Joe Douglas really would have, you know, had Adam Gase as his first choice for head coach. Um, And for Jamal, you can say that, that, you know, Douglas wasn't there when Jamal Adams was drafted, um, but he's a guy that I just I I don't get him specifically. So so let's break down the, those two guys now. We'll take a look at Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell specifically. With Jamal, he voiced his his opinions. He didn't like being shopped. Then there were reports that he wanted to go play in Texas. Um, he wanted to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas was you know it was Dallas and the Ravens that were the two teams pushing really hard uh, at the end of the deadline to try and get Jamal Adams. Eventually he stays put, but there's still a chance that when this offseason comes around that that Joe Douglas takes a look, at, a look at things and wants to say, listen, I know the previous GM before me was trying to still contend for this, and we made a lot of free agent signings, but I'm going to hit the reset button, try and build up you know, an offensive line, get some cornerbacks in there for draft picks, build something around Sam Darnold that is uh, cohesive and, and really maximizes his own skill set, and to me... Jamal Adams seems like one of those guys that where Douglas could go. He wasn't around. I wasn't around when he was brought here. I've got teams out there that are willing to pay a hefty price for a guy. We're going to have to pay after what would it be after the 2021 season. And so to me, I think we could see in this offseason a situation where Adams does get moved for, for a pretty penny, a, a ton of draft capital. The report was a, a first and a second. Um, you know, you would think realistically you could probably get a first and a third um, for Jamal Adams. But um, what are your what are your thoughts on, on him if that was to go uh, the option? What do you think is most likely? Um, you know, kind of break down your thoughts on, on Jamal Adams. Well, it, see, and it's all very confusing. I feel like with with the you touched on the rumors, 
comes out, Jamal Adams says he wants to go home to Dallas. Um, the, I, the rumors I was hearing was that, that Jamal never asked for a trade, but he told his his agent went to the went to the Jets and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, if you are thinking of trading us, we'd be okay with that." And so it's all it's all speculation at this point. I mean, and I, I'd like to see him stay, but but if you want to be realistic, right. when it comes to when it comes to actually winning football games, the Jets. Are, the Jets are lacking at, at premier positions, at cornerback, at edge, at at O line, and yep. and to have that All Star safety is great, and I love Jamal. And you just you take a look at that Dallas game, and you see the impact that he can have right. on the team. But it's it's hard to 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 change a team from the safety position, you know. And and and, and I'm not trying to understate the value of a safety. Um, I'll just throw in I played safety in oh, yeah. collegiate football. Oh, nice. Um, but 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 to be honest with you, the, the things I'm seeing, if if the Jets yesterday had traded Jamal Adams for a first and a second or a first and two seconds, the, the, the things I'm seeing on Twitter, I mean, they can use those to amp up those important, important positions. Right. Now, I love Jamal. I love that he's the face of the Jets, but... But I mean, that's just I, I really I can't speculate um, on what actually went down between right. them. I think if the Jets did, if there was a conversation where they said we won't move you, and then he's still listening to offers, I do think that is reason for Jamal to be hurt. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's kind of more likely that he voiced "I want to be a Jet," and then Joe Douglas did his due diligence. Dil- excuse me, diligence <laughs> as a uh, GM, because I mean Adams is a he's a valuable piece, you know. Right. Yeah, you know it, the the approach of of a new GM coming in and his timing really to the entire situation was was messed up. It's tough to finagle something like that when you're coming <clears throat> that late into the process. But um, I take a look at and you know comparing what I saw with the Colts when Chris Ballard replaced the horrific work done by Ryan Grigson and it, and it was a lot of the same situations a young talented quarterback that didn't have an offensive line there was a you know a talented uh, wide receiver out there you know the Colts had tried to make things work by trading for Trent Richardson and you know that didn't work out the defense really wasn't great it had some young players that had some some you know potential but they never really maximized on it and what Ballard did was he he went in that direction of clearing house and so that could be a situation where we see um, where we see with Joe Douglas and what he chooses to do this offseason, given, you know, his first full offseason. Uh, but the other thing that's going to come down to it is also if, if Douglas wants to build things right and, and we take a look at where some of those franchises are doing stuff like that, it's building through the draft, not overpaying in free agency. Um, you know, I think we entered last offseason, the Colts and Jets were first and second in terms of total cap space. You know, the Jets spent a, l- a lot more than the Colts did. Um, and... And the other thing about that is just, you know, in free agency, the value is kind of almost always overblown. You might be able to get your sneaky guys on the second wave of free agents that sign on those, you know, smaller two million deals or whatever like that. But really in free agency, what you see in the open market is guys get overpaid and into, you know, shaky contracts when we look down the road. So that leads me to to taking a look at Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, with the Jets, obviously he brings so much impact in every down player, great receiver, great with a, with, you know, a a good offensive line and something that the Jets do not have right now. Um, and we're at a time where you really don't pay running backs. And, And I know that we, we are paying running backs. Todd Gurley got a massive extension, but look what's happened there. Now he's a little banged up. The knee doesn't look the same. David Johnson got a big extension, but he doesn't look too great. He's also banged up right now. And Le'Veon is in the first year of a, of a big deal. And uh, also, you know, not not young. He's not 25 years old, Le'Veon Bell, anymore. So, in your opinion, would you be, would you, how comfortable would you be moving on from Le'Veon Bell this offseason if there was draft capital, draft capital you could take in return? Um, you know... I would hate it. To really? Be, to be would you be blunt. Would I mean, you be more upset if they traded Jamal Adams or Le'Veon Bell? I mean, the Le'Veon Bell is is currently 
I'll probably say Jamal Adams if I'm going to be a smart yeah. Jets fan. Right. But but the thing with Le'Veon Bell, and and I feel like as a Jets fan, I have a completely different perspective than than um, just a normal NFL fan or a, t- a fan of another team. You look at Le'Veon Bell's numbers, and you could tell me he's having an off year. He's lost a step, but 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 that it couldn't be farther from the truth, right? You, you know, like if you watch those Jets games, Le'Veon Bell is doing everything he can, yeah. and, and their line is just is just so horrible that there's no holes, you know. And and so just to give up on a player, especially a player who has been so so just the best leader mm-hmm. in that locker room, and, right? And, and you see it, you see it on on Twitter. Yeah, like the things that he video. Pulls, yeah, they're a little corny, right? But, but that's that's someone who is is taking the high road and is a leader. So I mean, listen, if they move Le'Veon Bell, get a haul for him, and start rebuilding, because it's all for naught without an offensive line. We see it time and time again. Yeah, you, you, the Jets tried to skip the process of building a team. They tried to go, okay, we have Le'Veon Bell, we have Robbie Anderson, who's a good deep threat, we have Jameson Crowder, who's a a good guy in a slot, we have Ty Montgomery. But 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 none of it matters without mm-hmm. that offensive line. So you know if they if they move Le'Veon Bell, it, it would break my heart. I love seeing seeing a premier player on the Jets, and especially a player who's been such a force in the locker room and just such a leader on and off the field. Just just working, even down twenty one, working as hard as he can to get every last yard. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it, what's tough to me looking at it is is you can't build an offensive line in just one off season. I, it, you know, um, you know. I think about with the Colts, they entered the Ballard regime with with Costanzo and Ryan Kelly, who was you know Ryan Kelly wasn't playing at the level so coaching that he is now. So coaching comes into into play with that as well too. But then they went and they drafted Quentin Nelson. They drafted Braden Smith. A year later, they you know traded or signed Mark Glowinski. They slowly started to build that. And if you're spending all that time to build that offensive line, that's, you know, further and further we get away from the prime of Le'Veon's career. And now I, I totally get the the locker room leader, the vocal guy in there. And as a as the vet of a fairly young team, that, that's, that provides a, a huge uh, amount of value. Um, I'm not sure what the return for Le'Veon Bell would be at this point, really. Um Especially when you think in the offseason, he's another eight, another year older. He's still got the, the salary that he does. And there's a lot of talented running backs. So to me, I personally feel like with, with Le'Veon specifically, comparing Le'Veon and Jamal, Le'Veon is at the point where I feel like the value of what you could get back won't be worth trading him away. But what you could get for Jamal Adams could be a real steal for a team that thinks, okay, we're one, you know, we're one player on we're one playmaker on defense away from having, you know, a top two to three defense in the league. So yeah. I guess I guess long-term plans, I would say, yeah, it would probably be more upsetting to watch Jamal Adams leave. But I think if you're taking a look at how can we get this rebuild started sooner, uh, the return for Adams would probably be the way to go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, we got to talk two more two more things with, with the Jets. Um, first off, we got to have a, a discussion about Adam Gase. And uh, and and the the amazing job that he's doing uh, with the New York Jets. Um, Adam Gase is a guy that I have never really been a fan of. You know, if you if you know for those listening, if you go back to any of the work that I've done over the last few years related to the NFL, um, you know whether it was a reaction to when Gase got the job here or some of the work he was doing in Miami. Um, you know, I think his big claim to fame is that he was on that offensive staff when Peyton Manning with the Broncos was, you know, ripping off career, you know, all-time numbers. And unfortunately, it just seems now that we're at a point where, okay, maybe that was just because it was Peyton freaking Manning, um, who, you know, maybe had taken some human growth hormone, human growth hormones after, uh, after uh, you know, a, a big neck surgery. But um, Adam Gase then, of course, uses that job to get himself a position in Miami as the head coach. He uses that for a few years. The Dolphins make a playoff run. Tannehill gets hurt. Matt Moore ends up getting hurt. So it, it, it fans out really quick. And then, you know, that past that last year in Miami, not a great team by any means. Um, and yet the Jets give him an opportunity to take over with a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. And I think the biggest thing that I don't like about this situation compared to his last two is that this is really his first time working with 
a younger type quarterback. I mean, there was Brock Osweiler. Uh, Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler was a guy in there um, in Denver, but um, you know, with Gase, he inherited Peyton Manning, a vet. A, you know, still playing at, at you know the highest level in the NFL. You go to Miami. Tannehill was. Not not young, not old, of course, but he was, you know, in that year, what, five, six, seven. He's in that range because uh, he was part of that Andrew Luck RG3 draft class. Um, so a little more of an experienced guy. And now he's got to take over a quarterback that is, is uh, it's his second season. It's his second, you know, head coach, second play caller. Um, and look, I, I haven't been a fan of the offense at all. Um, I haven't been a fan of, of hearing him speak. Um, as a Jets fan kind of confusing now because we're not sure really what Joe Douglas looks for in a head coach and we'll find out at a certain point but like take me through your process of what you've seen from Adam Gase and what you like and what you don't like this year yeah well um the first thing I want to say is uh Adam Gase is the reason Joe Douglas is here right he was his choice of GM and I think I Such think a weird that situation. is going to lead to a, a very odd situation, especially because yeah, I, I think if Joe Douglas is a smart guy, he'll probably <laughs> yes. realize Adam Gase can't get it done. Exactly. And because of Joe Douglas's contract, he's kind of the head honcho, you know, when it comes right. to it. But just to get into it a little, Adam Gase, the higher, like you, skeptical, he hadn't shown really that he can win. Um, and then... He comes into the team with all the expectations, and in the off season, I'm just as hyped as anyone. Right. And that's that's uh, uh, that's the only time I, I really liked Adam Gates is is in the off season, and the Jets had sky high expectations, and I think he he thrives on that because he's so, he he has the biggest ego I've ever seen, you know. Yeah. And so he loved that, and 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 it all started. They lose to the Bills. <laughs> he gives his impassionate press conference, and then and then just you look at that you look at that press conference where he um, announces Sam Darnold is out for, with mono, and the guy just he just doesn't have good body language. He, he I don't think he really knows how to address the media when things aren't going well. No, I don't think he he like appreciates if the Jets are losing. He doesn't want to answer any questions. You know, like he, right. he doesn't want to. He just. And, and, you know, it just stinks because I think it's one of those things where if the Jets did have talent, let, let's say the Jets had talent and Adam Gase, and they were winning games, and, and, and he was coaching okay. Like, I, I think he would seem like a great guy, but I, I just don't think he can handle adversity. I don't mm-hmm. think he knows how to address the media. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Oh. The, all offseason, they're talking about culture. Your culture gets killed when every Monday you're going into to um, you're going into the training facility and you gotta listen to Adam Gase try to talk you up after the loss and get you back to work when right. he has the body language he does it's just not a leader you know yeah and he's 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 an interesting fellow I I don't think you know I I'm in the mindset now where we're in the NFL that if you realize you got a problem you got to get rid of it as soon as possible with, with the Bears. Mitchell Trubisky, get rid of him. I'm done with him. He's not going to be a good quarterback. To me, Adam Gase, what we've seen halfway through the season, he's not a head coach. He's he's not a he's not a head coach for a winning team. So I would get rid of him. I think at best, given a talented team that could you know you could be around a, a nine and seven, eight and eight kind of guy. But it's not worth it if you're a team that is slowly trying to build up something, um, because he's not going to be that guy that's able to get you along the way, get you through the tough times, deal with the adversity like you were talking about, and so. To me, you know, I would just move on from him after this season. The only problem with that, and, and you're going to have to deal with it anyway, so you might as deal with it as well deal with it this offseason as opposed to, you know, prolonging it another year or two, is that you're giving Sam Darnold just such an awful situation to start off his career. Um, you know, going through three different head coaches in his first three seasons, three different playbooks that he's got to learn. And, and that's just so tough for a quarterback to overcome, even when he's a talented guy like Sam Darnold is. I know he hasn't, you know, I, I'm not the biggest Sam Darnold lover. I, I definitely prefer some other quarterbacks over him. But um, 
I just, it's such a shitty situation to be in if you're Sam trying to get through your rookie contracts, try and build up something, some consistency with the team. But then when you've got a really bad offensive line, the playmakers are getting hurt or, or not consistent, and then you, you keep having to change a playbook. It's just not the way you would want your franchise quarterback's career to start off. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And and like I said, the Jets, they're just mismanaged, you know. And, yeah. and, and it's just I feel like they're always in those situations there between a rock and a hard place, you know, mm-hmm. because – you either fire Adam Gase, and exactly that happens. Um, and and you have Sam Darnold learning a new offense, but maybe that's the answer. Or you keep him, and, and I truly, I, I don't think, I think they're going to get a couple wins against these bad teams. I don't think, I don't think hmm. they're going to fire him after one season. No, I, I, I don't know. But uh, as a as an optimist, <laughs> this is what I look to. If if Joe Douglas can do something to the roster, get some more players around Sam Darnold because I know you're not high on Sam Darnold, but I'm a believer. Right. I mean, it's not that I have to be or anything, <laughs> but I am. And and you just gotta if you look at a uh, his name slipping my mind, the the USC coach with Sam Darnold. Uh, I can't just, remember that either. Yeah, well, well, if you look at his records with Sam Darnold and his records without Sam yeah. Darnold, they're very different stories. So I'm, I'm just going to sit here and hope that Sam Darnold is the coach whisperer. He can overcome if he's got a good team. But yeah. I do agree with you. I don't think Adam Gase is the answer for the Jets long term. And I, right. I would, they're in a tough situation. I would just rather rip the Band-Aid off now. If he's not the long-term guy, try and find your guy that is. There are going to be a bunch of head coaches available um, you know, one of these days, someone is going to be able to, to steal, um, oh, what's his name over coaching Oklahoma right now? Teddy, help me out. What's his name? Oklahoma football head coach, Oklahoma Sooners. What's his name? Oh, Rex Ryan. Yeah, Rex Ryan. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can bring Rex Ryan back. I am, I'm honestly a Rex Ryan believer. He was my favorite coach. Maybe it's just yeah. the that's when they were doing well, but mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley—that's who I was talking about. Lincoln Riley, one of these days, is going to get a, a, a chance to move up to the NFL. There will be a lot of opportunities that he'll want to take. Um, maybe some more favorable than the Jets right now. But look to me for for fixing the Jets as as much as what they can do in the next year. To me, I mean, like you said, it's the three key positions uh, that you want to start off building your team with. It's the offensive line. It's you know an, a presence on the edge, and then it's it's cornerbacks as well too. Cornerback is a very important position. Um, if they're picking up there in that top five range, they're going to have a chance to take a guy like Chase Young on the edge or Jeffrey Okuda at, at defensive back. You know, to me, there's not an offensive lineman. It, you know, in my early stages of the draft evaluation, there isn't a guy that if I'm at pick four, I'm taking an offensive lineman. But maybe that first round pick comes in somewhere if you do decide to to move off of Jamal Adams and and really. Attack those three positions. Um, you know they they went splash heavy in last year's offseason with with some linebackers and, and Le'Veon Bell. I think with Joe Douglas now in this in this first season that he'll have control of it. Um, I think you know it's those three key positions: offensive line, edge presence, and, and cornerback. I would move on from Gase and then find my guy that I can say okay. We maybe maybe it's a guy that doesn't have a ton of head coaching experience, but you're going to pair him to Sam Darnold for the foreseeable future. Those two are going to be tied together for the remainders of, of their careers because that's really where you get the consistency, you get the quarter, quarterback feeling comfortable, and hopefully as a quarterback rises, the team does as well. So, uh, so what do you think, Ted? What are you going to do if they lose to the Dolphins this week? You know, <laughs> I and and I. I I feel like this is the, the classic Jets fan, right? But but the the Jets can be, and I'm the type of guy who I never want to see tanking. I, I always would rather just hope for them to win, right? But but they they get me every week, you know. They and, do. And, and <laughs> the I'm Cowboys always, win. I'm always rooting for them, and and that's it right there. They they beat the Cowboys with Sam Darnold back, and and the whole fan base is ecstatic. And, and national media is picking the Jets to beat the Patriots mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. And it's just like, and I'm completely bought in, yeah. you know? And then, and then however many days later from the Patriots game, they, they 
lose to the Jaguars and 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 it's it's the end of the world, you know, right. and it's trade everyone, fire Gase, which but and 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 that's the thing with fire and Gase is I think that the the social media outlook on Adam oh, Gase yeah. is a lot different than the Jets and the oh, Jets yeah. outlook on Adam Gase, and that's why I really don't think that he will be fired Damn. after a year. Wow. I think they bought into him, Damn. but. If they lose to the Dolphins, it's gonna be a long, long, long week. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I'll, I'll make sure we'll have some fun conversations about it. Well, I, I think that that therapy session we've gotten you to vent out enough about the Jets, where we can we can take a step back. Hopefully, you feel like you've gotten all of your anger and sadness Super out. Super Bowl champs, Super Bowl champs, twenty twenty. You, you'll never learn, Teddy. You'll never learn. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you about, and I'm not sure if this is going to spark a conversation. Or not. Have you listened to Kanye's new album? Oh, yes, and, and, and I can get as deep as you would like me to. What are your thoughts on it? So, my quick, I'll, I'll say two things, I'll try to keep it uh, yeah. concise. First, I think that if, if you listen to Kanye's album and, and, and you tell me it's not good... I think you're an idiot. Yeah. Okay. I, like you can sit there and tell me it's it's you don't like it. You can sit there and tell right. me it's not for you, but but it's amazing. And 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 that's what Kanye will always have the production. He'll mm-hmm. always have the bars. And he's the best to ever do it in my eyes. And and I love it. And I also think I kind of view Kanye's music in a different way. I think because he's the greatest, and because he's already put out. Dropout and late registration and 808s and graduation, literally every album he's ever created. Like, yeah. Kanye right now wants to make an album about God, you know, yeah. and it's not gonna be the album that the whole world wants to hear. Right. But but I'm into it. I yesterday was actually the first day I didn't listen to it at all, <laughs> and I was I was like, oh, like I miss it. And I listened to it like three or four times today. So right. Uh, yeah, I listened to it uh, twice today while I was driving around for my job out in the field, and and I completely agree with you. If if it's not your cup of tea, actually, that that argument is what really pisses me off. That that one right there, where people are like, oh, well, I, I'm just not into like you know the whole gospel kind of album outlook. If it's to me with music now, we're at a time where if it sounds good. If it if it just is as is aesthetically pleasing for your ears, it's good music. You shouldn't care about the lyrics. And the reason and I say that best friends right there. I've used that word aesthetic yeah. many times to describe music. He, he it, just it, sounds, it sounds great. Good, it's good. Exactly. We listened uh, uh, an extremely popular song. I'm not sure how long ago, but you remember Pumped Up Kicks? You remember that song? Yeah. That song is literally about a school shooting. There, he is saying, you got to run away, I'm get, run faster than my gun. And we listened to that for so long. We didn't care. It sounded song. it sounded cool. And it was yeah. literally promoting... So I, people are like, I don't like because he's talking about God. It's like, we listen to songs about anything. Kanye makes yeah. great music. The production is great. I loved the album. You know, let me correct myself. When I was first listening to it, um, it was last Friday. I was over at JMU. It had just dropped. I had a little a little edge taken off. I had some some good um, some good juice flowing through my system. Um, had a daddy cigar as I, as I'll call it. And then uh, I was listening to it. I was like, yeah, this is, this is all right. This is pretty good. I really wasn't focusing on it too much. But then on my plane ride back to Nashville, I gave it a listen through, and I was like, oh, this is this is great. I love it. The production of it's great. Um, it just the yeah, just the background of it. Sure, maybe you know I I, I can't say I listened to many you know gospel albums ever but it just sounds great and like i said connie's at that level now where he can tinker around and do different types of projects but at the end of the day you're still going to get the quality um and the consistent quality that he's always put out i agree and and the last thing i'll say yeah if you're if you're listening and and you you just haven't realized it just go and listen to on god mm-hmm and, and listen to the words. Like if you're a Kanye fan and you listen to the words and you Ooh. just get to, that's what I love about Kanye is, is if you listen to his music, he's telling you what happens in his life mm-hmm. and, and his, and, and, and his music, it, it evolves the way his life evolves, you know? And, right. and so I think if you go listen to on God and you sit there and you listen to those words and, and it, it means something, you know? Right. That's going to be my homework. I'm going to have to go down there and, uh, and listen to that again. I'll pull up the, yeah. uh, the lyrics on, 
genius or whatever. But okay, I'm glad you agree. I was I was a little nervous, but I remember how much I'm you happy, liked. I'm happy that's your your take as well. I know, yeah. I, I I should have assumed that you would have liked it just because I know how big of a Kanye fan you are. Um. Yes, so sir. so, but yeah, I I definitely was started off like I was like, oh, this is this is good, and then now that I've just continued to listen to it, I'm like, all right, I love this. Yes, sir. All right. Well, cool, man. How how you feeling? This was also Teddy's uh, first podcasting experience. I know he's got yes. some he's got some private podcasts out there that he records with his good friend Jimmy Murray, but we will not let those <laughs> see the light podcast. of day. Yeah, that's only for our ears. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, first podcast, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, I didn't do too bad. No, uh, no, you I did great. Have, I have a couple things I want to say yeah. before I go. Um, so I know this is probably going to be released on Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. but since we were supposed to record it yesterday, I'm taking the Niners, and there I'm taking go. the Niners minus ten if I were to bet on it. I like but it. I'm the worst. I'm the worst better in the world, so like, it, that will probably <laughs> lose, but that'll be fun to look back on. No, yeah. Um, and I love it. You already did, but I promised Hannah Hepler I'd give her a shout out. <laughs> shout out, Hannah. Love you. <laughs> Scott, She's Scott great. Green, and Mike Michelli, Jimmy Murray also wanted shout out. So oh, all the boys. All um, the boys. I, <laughs> I'm gonna a, a surprise uh, topic here. I wanted to call it Ted's Quick Hits. I just have two things nice. I want to say. Just Let's hear from, it. Uh, listening to your podcast the past week, um, Cooper Cup is the greatest football player in the history of football players. <laughs> um, I, th- I think he may be my new favorite non-jet in the league. Yeah, dude. Um, I take Cooper Cup every time I make a DraftKings lineup. Every time I've won, he's been in my lineup. He's my favorite player in the world. He's a workhorse. I love him. I love possession receivers. I love guys who get a lot of receptions. Yeah. Um, and and I'm a Jacoby Brissett believer, man. You I are? I, 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 or at least I want to be. Right. I probably don't know enough to tell you whether he's the answer, but I love to see Jacoby Brissett do well. I love to see the Colts win in for you and – yeah. So, yeah, those those are my quick hits. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. The Cooper Cup one, man, I, I want to say that he's getting up there as, as one of the best receivers in football. I know he's not the guy that is going to go make, you know, the Odell one-handed catches or or be, you know, crazy with, with what he's able to do. But he's kind of just like, uh, to me, a Julian Edelman kind of on steroids. And I know That's Julian, exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah, and Julian Edmund, Edelman did take steroids, but um, but we'll ignore <laughs> that. But but Cooper Cup, no, I'm a big fan. He's really the only reason that I still hold on to Jared Goff because their connection between uh, quarterback and receiver is is unbelievable right now. And uh, I agree, he's, he's one of those guys I have him. Um, he's, uh, he's one of my wide receivers in my Dynasty Football League. And uh, he's he's just a That's guy I can rely on. I can rely on every single week, especially in PPR. But um, but with the Colts, man, Jacoby Brissett, I, I'm liking it. I, I feel like the Colts are just set up right now where where they can you know they can win games. They can win that division with 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 just you know above average play at the quarterback position. They still got holes to figure out. They need a defensive tackle. They need some help at corner. But really, aside from that, they've got every position set. Offensive line is good. Running backs, they got three of them that can each do one specific thing. Uh, they still could use a, a number two wide receiver. Devin Funches was was going to be that guy, and he's been hurt. So maybe when he returns, I, I'm not worried about that. They're deep at tight end. Um, they've got young edge guys. They've got good linebackers, you know, like Darius Leonard. I like their safeties and Kari Willis and Malik, but they need corner, defensive tackle, um, and really, they just need Jacoby Brissett to not lose them the game, and he's a guy that's shown that he can do that. He won't cost you the game. He's not Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck could go out there and single-handedly win you that game, um, but but Jacoby's a guy that won't lose you it, and that just reminded me that you were in the room uh, with me when, when we found out that Andrew Luck was retiring. You remember that yes, night? Sir. Oh, my yes, God. And I remember that look on your face, but hey, look at him now. I know. The Colts are doing mighty fine. They're right now the number two seed in the AFC South. And, uh, yeah, I'm liking it. And, and thanks for that trade, by the way. Um, I hope you guys are, are happy with Sam Darnold. I really love Quentin Nelson, uh, all the draft picks we got there. I feel like that's a trade that both teams can go away with feeling good about. You know, like, Sam Darnold, if Jets fans really love him and he is going to be that franchise guy, then that's totally Which worth it. But yeah, will. yeah, yeah, sure. And then uh, <laughs> and then the return that the Colts got was great for that, too. And um, so, yeah, so it's, it's some good stuff. But, um so Ted's quick hits, we'll put that in there. We gave a shout out to Hannah, Scott, Jim, Mike. 
Let's give one to Jason too, just because yeah, I, I Jason mentioned too, Jason too. The boys are just they're all inside. You know, the boys are inside. Oh yeah, I wanted to I wanted to mention Teddy's recording studio. Teddy is recording inside a what what do you drive right now? Uh, a Kia Forte. Kia Forte. Ted is recording yeah, inside of his not car. The minivan. No, no, it's my mobile podcast studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the mobile podcast studio. I love it. We're gonna be recording from different spots. Yeah. If we go in, if I ever visit up in Rochester, we want to do a podcast in person. We have to do it in the vehicle. Yes, uh, that's sir. a rule. Yeah, it's a plan. You know, I had a great time tonight. All right. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh. And uh, we'll we'll get you back on here if you felt good about it. We'll keep this rolling. We'll we'll do some more Teddy segments later on, and we'll we'll keep talking. And hopefully the Jets can turn things around so we talk about more positive things. But um, but I appreciate hopefully. you taking the time, and and I love you, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, it's man, pretty cool. Thanks for having me on. You know, love you, love you too. There it's you go. Time. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. I'll talk All to right, you buddy. soon. Peace. See ya. All right. So a huge thanks to Teddy for coming on the show again. I really appreciate it. Getting to talk with him. Um, about some, some, some good old football stuff, just some scheduling notes, because I know we did have to push my episode with Teddy back a day uh, to Friday. I'll be coming out with a Saturday morning episode, taking a look at some, uh, betting for week nine in the NFL season. Um, and so make sure to, to, to keep out, uh, keep a lookout for that. That'll be out there Saturday. And then finally my life, I'm, I'm hoping it, it settles down once and for all, at least for the next few weeks. So we'll be back Monday with our college football episode. Um, might open up the mock draft to maybe a, a top 20, maybe maybe even a full first round, and we'll just do some quick touches there. But um, Tuesday, back there with, with game recaps for Week 9, Wednesday's episode, power rankings, Thursday, more league-wide news, and then and then Friday we'll go with, with gambling again. So we'll get back on the regular schedule. Um, it's been since Week 1 that, that we had a regular schedule. So it's a little shaky, but we'll get there. I'm, I'm a busy guy, so I got a lot of stuff to do on top of this. But make sure to go follow me on Twitter at BlakeAndrewPace. Uh, make sure to um, check out my other podcast, Reasonably Outrageous. I would say, what else is some stuff I plug at the end of this thing? Make sure to go like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment on the show. Tell me what you thought about uh, about our good friend Ted. I thought he did a really good job with the... Um, with the podcast experience, his first time ever doing something like that. I thought he did a really good job. And so looking forward to doing more with him, looking forward to talking to other guests uh, further along as, as this show goes on. And uh, yeah, enjoy your Fridays. Enjoy November. Head into the weekend. Uh, hopefully you all got a paycheck this morning, bright and early, and and you, and you got some money walking into the weekend. So uh, my name is Blake Pace. You're listening to Quick Hits, and we will see you on a Saturday episode. And then we'll get back on schedule next Monday. Take care.